Thriving in Singleness, Episode 26. This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here's your host, Tom DeLong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Today we have Lane Bowser with us today, co-hosting this episode. Lane, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So, uh, really stoked to have you. And uh, and you're from Waco, Texas, right? Yes. Or is it Waco, Texas? The big Waco, yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> I can never get it right. What is the right way to say it? It is Waco, but people... Waco? I got people, it right the first time? Yeah, okay. yeah. People do call it the WAC. Waco. Yeah, gotcha. And then, and so what are you doing in Waco, Texas? Yes. So I am actually working as a barista at Magnolia. Mm-hmm. I graduated from Baylor with a business degree and was previously working there and just felt called to stay there for some reason. So that's what I'm doing. Cool, cool. Okay, so when you say... Uh, when you say Magnolia, that's that's like Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? It is. What? Okay. So <laughs> do, you, do you have any run-ins with Chip and Joanna? Actually, no. When I started working there, they expanded quite a bit more and oh, added wow. the network and several other things. So really, I haven't seen them. Oh, well, that's a bummer. But you get to say <laughs> that you work for them, and that's, that's still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and you get to see a lot of... A lot of tourists probably come through there as well to, I don't know what tourists do down at Magnolia, like go look at houses they did or something. I don't know. What what do tourists do when they go to Waco, Texas? Is that funny? A lot of them will come down and, and I think, be bummed that Magnolia is the only thing in Waco. <laughs> but, oh, man. Okay. Oh, no. Since Magnolia has been there, though, after the past few years, small businesses have really boomed and... Now it has expanded. The they call it the Silo District, which is crazy. They have several shops, and um, okay. so now there's a bit more for people to do. But yeah, ton of tourism. It's crazy. I get excited if a local comes in because they don't <laughs> they don't come in as often. But it's it's been really cool to meet people from all over the world just to see the silos and what it's about. So there's just a lot of silos in Waco. <laughs> no, the. Uh, Magnolia owns these two big silos in Waco, and okay. they call it the Silo District. It's literally just a landmark. Um, you can't even yeah. go in it. But yeah, that in that square block, they have the coffee shop, bakery, market, and a bunch of other things. So it's really fun. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm just like so thrown off by like what Waco is or what the Silo <laughs> District means. I mean, I grew up on a farm and I feel like the farm is basically the Silo District of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, silos everywhere. So I'm like, <laughs> they must be some pretty significant silos to be like the Silo District. I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so you went to, was it, you said Baylor University? Yeah, I okay. uh, transferred there a couple years ago and just love business and had the opportunity to go. My parents went there and I kind of just wanted to follow in their footsteps and it worked out and it was just a huge blessing to be able to be a part of that school and learn a lot. So, yeah. That's awesome. What did you major in? Business management. Business management. Okay. 
Awesome. So like what's what's your long-term outlook for for business management? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like honestly it kind of morphs the more I learn just working, you know, and learning mm-hmm. about other careers and as I'm learning more about just Magnolia and the opportunities there and just different opportunities in general, I'm very interested mm-hmm. in consulting management. I did take a class at Baylor and that just really drew in my interest. You get to work with a client and just they tell you their problems and you get to be a creative problem solver and ask questions and figure out the best way to just find a solution for them. And I think that's really fun. It has a lot of communication as well as learning good business skills, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So is Magnolia uh, there in Waco, Texas? Is is Baylor there in, in Waco? It is, yeah. They're both in Waco. So those are the two two big things here now. Okay, gotcha. So, and the college, your parents went there and you just, you just liked it. You decided to hang out a little while longer and... And seeing what's next, right? Yeah. So I'm originally grew up in Kansas and just where I was, it was a different kind of culture and coming down Mm -hmm. to the South and a Christian university, it was just kind of weird. I was like, it was weird to have professors talking about their faith and praying for their students and having a student body that, you know, was plugged into the church and just... I just found a really incredible young adult community here as I was graduating and just thought, you know, why, why move away from that? Just seeing God moving so much here. I just really think that there's a lot more in store and I just had a piece about staying here. So I did. That's cool. That's cool. And so what has God been teaching you lately in, uh, and where you are right now? Yeah, I think that's, that's a big one. Um, so I think, You know, if you're hearing this, you might be thinking, okay, you got a business degree from, you know, pretty decent school and you're, I'm a crew lead at a coffee shop. I'm basically, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I I say a glorified barista, but, um, you know, my mind doesn't like the idea of that, I guess. But again, I had a piece about staying. So that's been a really big challenge after graduating. I just graduated in May and my mind wants to go off and learn and be in the business world and grow and, you know, have a salary and, you know, X, Y, Z. And, but my spirit was just like, hang on, let's see what's in store here. And so I'd rather follow that piece, but that's been something that's been really challenging, kind of trying to tell my mind to calm down and just wait and be patient and see what God has in store here. But, uh, you know, as time's gone on, I've made a whole lot of connections here and, I really have learned a lot. I've learned a ton about leading a team and just other business aspects. And I think some of the network that I'll gain here is just really priceless. So I think patience has honestly been one of the biggest things. That's awesome. And, and so you are, uh, you're, are you single right now? Yeah. All right. And what is, what has God been teaching you in that? Yeah, I love this, man. I think, honestly, after listening to your podcast more, it's just, I mean, seriously, like having this as a tool and hearing other people and their testimonies and just the joy that they have walking in singleness, um, that has just helped me to really have a better mindset about it and explore it. I think that for so long, my mind was so fixed on like finding somebody and moving toward marriage that I just closed off what singleness could be and all of the great things that 
God can do in singleness. And Mm -hmm. so again, this has really opened that door. And I think I've just been able to kind of take a step back and like open my mind more to what singleness looks like. And, you know, the idea of what, what if I, you know, didn't get married and I mean, seriously, opening up that question, which I'm not saying that's never going to happen, but actually Mm -hmm. being okay with asking myself, what if I never got married? Will my life be ruined? No. You know what I mean? No, no way. Um, you, I mean, you can look at so many people and they have an incredible life and that's like saying you can't be used if you're not married. And that's like, that's crazy. And so just kind of being able to swallow that pill, like my life will still be so good, you know, because of who God is, whether or not I'm married. So I think just like finding freedom in that, finding freedom in just who God created me to be. I think that was another really big one because I felt like with dating, you kind of have to be somebody that is interesting and fun and, you know, kind of checks the boxes. And so you get caught up in trying to be this really fun social person that, catches somebody's eye that I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's exhausting. And just so not what I'm called to be. I'm not, I'm not called to like (laughs) be, uh, squished into a form. Like God created me with purpose, you know, and he created me with all of my weird quirks and the fact that I'm, maybe I'm slightly, just slightly obnoxious sometimes, or I have a really weird sense of humor or, you know, just all these different things. And but it's great. But just like really taking time to enjoy who God actually created me to be and mm-hmm. love that, you know, because I'm the one who walks through life with, you know, if, does that make sense? I walk through uh, yeah. myself with life. And yeah, you're never going to be separated from yourself in life. Yes, like that's, you're stuck I, with you, basically. I exactly. <laughs> I cannot get away from myself. It is me and God really to the end. And that's just, that's been really freeing just to totally enjoy who God created me to be and be happy with that and um, embrace that and find peace in that. Yeah. And you still desire marriage in the future? I do. I really do. Um, For sure. I think that, you know, I think that's a natural desire and it's not a bad desire, but there was one, I know I keep referring back to some of the people you've had, but this quote really hit me hard where it said, I don't want to desire marriage more than God's will for my life. And I think that that is so huge. That struck me. And that's when I kind of opened up those questions, you know, about what if I actually didn't get married? I think that that's so solid because if that is striking a chord, then, you know, there might be something to look into there. Yeah. And I think that's those are some of the questions that people don't want to ask themselves because they don't want to face that as a possibility. And sometimes they're just not comfortable by themselves enough to the point that they're not comfortable with the idea of going through life of just just them and God. And and that's something that I think everyone needs to be comfortable in the sense of knowing themselves enough and loving themselves enough to to have that form of independence because otherwise you end up with like a codependent relationship if having a relationship is what's going to, you know, complete you or, or make you feel feel whole in what you're doing. So, I mean, like, what do you think was it that brought you to ask those questions? Like, was there anything, like, outside of the podcast? Like, it's, it's very encouraging to hear that the podcast challenged you and, you know, brought some of those questions to the surface. But was there anything in your life that 
kind of brought you in that way to say, you know what, I, I need to trust God a little bit more in this and and it's okay to still desire marriage. I, I still encourage people to pray for marriage if that's on their heart. And, and I hope you're doing that. But what would you say is, is, is there anything that happened in your life that you feel brought you toward that direction? Yeah, I think just more recently after graduating and getting plugged into more of a young adult community and honestly a bunch of the young adults around here are single and it my friend calls it christian mingle whenever we're at you know like a (laughs) christmas party or thanksgiving party um yeah but i just found myself really like exhausted going to social events i felt like you know what we were talking about earlier just trying to perform um Mm -hmm. and that's something that i personally struggle with is just i'm i'm a performer I'm an entertainer. I love that. And it's not necessarily bad, but it can be bad. It can be consuming. And so I had just have been really feeling consumed by trying to perform, trying to get attention from honestly great single Christian guys. It wasn't yeah, like, I mean, the like worst it's not thing. ill-intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I just realized, oh my word, I don't need to be doing that. And just reminding myself that God's gifts are good and they're in good timing. And, you know, if you're sitting here having to strain yourself and work your way to get this desire that you have, it's like, well, it's probably not good because if I got that, then in my own timing and in my own way, it's just, you know, it'd probably be pretty frustrating. So I just, I found myself exhausted basically and just thought, okay, I need to take a step back from this. And God's brought forth a couple of really good gal pals here and that are in a similar season of life. And we've just been able to talk and walk through this and yeah, just kind of dig deeper into what this season looks like. It's been really fun. Yeah. Now, do you still go to those events where it's just like a, a bunch of people hanging out? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, community is so important and I don't want to isolate myself from that, but I think just yeah. finding boundaries for myself, setting different expectations in my mind and just going to actually get to know people and mm-hmm. bless people, you know, like I don't need to go to be a consumer and try and get a relationship out of an event, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, okay, man, take time to look around and see all these really cool people that God's placed you here with and get to know them and encourage them. I, you know, I do feel called to encourage people. I love that. Mm-hmm. And so I think taking time to get my mind off of myself and my desires and yeah, just try and go like really try and go with a different mindset of just others, others focused, you know? Yeah. And so, so going to this, these events with these two different perspectives, what do you think are the biggest differences? Like, do you feel it's more enjoyable? Do you find it less stressful? I mean, what would you say are the biggest differences between the two perspectives approaching these events? Yeah, I think that you come out with more, you know, you come out with friendships, really good, meaningful conversations that are impactful and not shallow conversations that don't really go anywhere. I think I enjoy myself more. I don't go home exhausted and trying to rethink every conversation I've had because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, trying to push my own motives, but it just feels a lot more satisfying, I think, to have really good fellowship with people that are here, you know, in any point of life. I think fellowship is just so, so important. And I think that's different than what I was doing. Yeah. And, and how did you get involved with that community? Yeah. When I first transferred here, 
that was two years ago and had gone through lovely breakup and felt like God opened a door to come to Baylor. And I came and I was like, totally switched my life around for the Lord. And I said, the first thing, first weekend, I said, I'm going to the church event to see what churches are here that just needed to happen. And so after doing that, got plugged into a great church and just met people through a life group after a couple years. And then through that, you know, just networking and I'm always down to hang out with people. So if somebody says, Oh, you would love this girl. I think you guys would get along that. I'm like, all right, let's go. Um, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. a little bit outgoing. So I think just having friends that I honestly, I think that that's a big reason I stayed is because the community is very welcoming and it's kind of weird how easy it is to find community here. So I could say I did a little bit of it, but I, I really feel like the community down here is kind of strange. It's it's just great. I mean, strange That's in a great cool. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like they're trying to reach out to you with yeah. like a lot of effort versus like, okay, like how do I get plugged in? Where Like how do I get yeah. into this community? That's That's awesome. I would almost say it's hard not to get plugged in down here. A lot of a lot of people oh, yeah. say first Waco sucks and then it sucks you in, which I think is okay. 100% true. All right. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So what are some of the biggest things that God has taught you coming up to where you are now? Yeah, I think talking, I mentioned it just a, a little bit, but going through a breakup this was three years ago, and that was a huge um, transitional point in my life. I had grown up in the church. My family is, you know, they all are believers, and so it wasn't anything different, but I didn't, I kind of strayed away and then ended up dating somebody, basically, and we were unequally yoked. It was one of my, <laughs> it was one of my brother's friends. I okay. like to say that just for the wow factor. I, I just imagine people's jaws dropping like, Oh no. Okay. But, um, we dated for a year and a half and we were really good friends, got along really well, had similar humor and it was fun. It was a fun relationship, but it was again, unequally yoked. He wasn't a believer. And, you know, there was just a really, a big pull between my spirit and flesh mm-hmm. and, it just was the worst feeling ever. I would, I was just in tears all the time and it was just super unhealthy, you know, because I had had a really good relationship with the Lord and had tasted who he was. And mm-hmm. I knew in my heart that he had, has big, awesome plans just for Lane Bowser. And yeah. I wasn't walking in that and that hurt the most, I think. Okay. So finally, my mom said, break up with him. So I did. And it mm-hmm. was horrible and heartbreaking and painful and not fun. But moving past that, that, again, was just a huge eye-opening moment in my life, just realizing that my relationship with the Lord is just something that can't be compromised. And the plans that he has in store for me are just, there's just nothing better than walking with God and, you know, being a doer of the word and not a stagnant Christian. So honestly, that's been one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my life was just, you can't compromise that. And I really do believe that the worst thing that we could be doing is just not walking with him. It's just one of the worst feelings. I think that's a worse feeling than the feeling of heartbreak, which 
it's crazy, but really true. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, now let's let's take a step back briefly, and for anybody who isn't familiar with Christianese terms, uh, how would you define equally unequally yoked? Yeah, that's a good question. So basically, I had I had a relationship with the Lord, and I committed my life to Christ and decided that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And I was dating somebody who was not putting God at the forefront of his life. He didn't go to church and wasn't really interested in it. He wasn't opposed to it. He didn't care that I enjoyed going to church, but it wasn't something that he was going to in any way form his life, his actions, his words around Christianity. It just wasn't an interest to him. So it was really hard for me to be saying, okay, all of my movement and my intention and my desires, like I want to invite God into that. I want to invite God into work and school and family and relationships, everything. And for him not to want to do that at the same pace as me or at all, that's what was really challenging. And that's what was unequally yoked. Okay. And speaking from a girl's perspective, why do you think uh, yourself or maybe girls in general will tend to allow themselves to become unequally yoked with someone? I think that girls really have a desire to be wanted and loved. And if a guy is willing to do that, unfortunately, we will compromise a lot of things and just move forward with it. And it's really not the best love instead of being patient and exploring more of God's love for us and what he died on the cross for us to do. I think, unfortunately, women, well, not unfortunately, but in a great way, but un, but a very unique and fragile way, women are very loving and accepting and they see the best in people, um, which I think is a really great quality, but you do have to have boundaries in your heart and protect your heart because if you let people in that shouldn't be in your heart, then that's when bad things happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That absolutely makes sense. Seeing the best in people is a good thing and sometimes a bad thing, I guess you could say. Um, and I've heard that women will marry men thinking that they're going to change and men will marry women thinking that they won't. And so I, I know oftentimes, and that makes sense, you know, women can look at the best in people and expect, okay, like I know that there's a good person in there and I can continue to refine him and, and bring that out. And, and unfortunately, you know, when, it comes down to dating somebody that you're trying to improve them to to what you'd like to see them to be that can often end in heartache and and that's difficult and it sounds like that's something that you certainly saw for yourself yeah absolutely i think that you can reason it out and if you know god and you've seen the change in your heart and you've seen change in other people, you're like, shoot, absolutely. There's no heart too far for God to change, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you, you know how much God loves that person. You do, like you absolutely do. You're like, man, God, God's love is infinite for everybody. And 
So moving into it with that, you're thinking, I know that he can change his heart and he can, but that's not, it's not up to me. And I think really something we need to be careful about as women who are looking through that lens, which it is, it's a good lens to know that God can change anybody, but it's a bad lens to say that it needs to be in your timing and in your ways. And you need to look at your motives in that. Is it a change that you want to happen for you and a relationship with that person? Or is it a change that you want to happen for that person and his betterment and their relationship with the Lord? Because really it, you should be able to take yourself out of the equation every time. And if you're not interested in supporting that person and helping them grow toward the Lord, then, you know, your motives might be a little bit off. Yeah. So, so after your relationship, like when you broke that off, what do you think was easiest for you to grow past that? Yeah. um, What I found that in that time of sadness and heartbreak, I was just so consumed with myself and what was me kind of attitude. And it was just completely consuming. And what I ended up doing was after a a couple of weeks of that, I just had to get plugged in to serving in other places. I really felt like God was telling me, you gotta, you gotta get out of this. So I ended up serving in Young Life and at young the at my church. Yeah. Young Life. Shout out yeah. Young Life. Yeah. You know, everybody um, knows I love oh Young Life. <laughs> and at my church in a couple of different places. And that was huge. That really just helped get my eyes off of myself and just get a more honest perspective of what was going on because you you know that the world does not revolve around you, but mm-hmm. sometimes when things happen, it really feels like it does. And so being able to serve, you're able to see firsthand other people and get to know them and, and other people have things going on in their life, you know, and you listen to some of the stories and stuff that were going on with some students and you're like, dang, you know, my breakup is literally not a big deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really not. And um, so I think with that, it gets your mind off of yourself and on other people. It's really satisfying to your heart because I believe that we're called to be God's hands and feet. And when we are serving other people, it's just, it's such a fulfilling feeling that we get. And it's also motivating. I feel like it gave me more motivation just to, um, explore that more and love on other people and just, um, do more, you know? And Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was huge for me for sure. So how long did you volunteer with Young Life? Yeah, I was with Young Life for a year and then I ended up transferring to Baylor. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was in Kansas that you were leading Young Life? It was. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So what's your recommendation to somebody who might be in a relationship that's currently unequally yoked? You know, I think, um, I think that when we've invested so much into something, sometimes we feel stuck and in denial because we don't want all of that time to be wasted because it's not just a relationship. I mean, it's a, it's a friendship and, you know... I mean, you really become attached to that person if, when you're talking about your life and, you know, your family. And, but really, I think, I mean, as I was saying earlier, if, if you know the Lord and you feel like you're in an unequally yoked relationship and you're feeling that pull just between spirit and flesh. And I just, you know, I really do want to say that 
breaking up in a relationship um, and dealing with heartbreak, which this might sound a little bit harsh, but dealing with heartbreak for maybe a few weeks, a few months, I, it felt like a year for me. It really did. Mm-hmm. Is just so small compared to eternity. Yeah. And the things that God's calling you to and the ministry that God's calling you to and the impact that you can have when you're walking with the Lord. And, and I mean, seriously, like the seeds that you'll plant and the people that he wants you to, to pray for and be with and do life with, like that is just vastly larger. It's monumental compared to this little like fleck of a relationship, which, I mean, again, that sounds a little bit harsh, but I mean, seriously, that's kind of the mindset that I had to have that just, you know, my life's not over because of this relationship. Absolutely not. Um, it Mm -hmm. hurts, but praise God that he does use everything. He absolutely used me and my mess in that time. And Mm -hmm. which didn't make sense to me, but he for sure did. And he's, he used this testimony. I was able to, I remember talking to some, you know, high schoolers that were going through breakups and telling them about what I was going through also. And so I think being encouraged and confident in who God is and that he redeems all things. He redeems that time. He redeems the things that happened. He will redeem your heart and your testimony and he'll even use it. You know, he won't only heal you from that relationship, but he'll use your testimony to be able to encourage other people going through a similar thing. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And do you do you think it was helpful to move to a different area and completely experience life in a new place? I think it was. I, I didn't want to. So I think it was maybe nine months after we broke up and then I moved. And I don't want that to be a I didn't want that to be a quick thing. I got to get out of here you yeah. know, because that wasn't going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Um but after praying about it and really just I sought wisdom with friends and family and church leaders and I seriously prayed a lot about it because I did not want that to be my purpose. But after that, I had a lot of peace about going. And I do think that moving in with God's will, you know, was really good. And it was fun just to kind of step out and be away from I think just the common ebb and flow of where you live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and how long have you been there now? I've been here for two years. Two years. Nice. And so what do you think was like outside of that relationship when you were just in your singleness in, in Waco, Texas, like what were the biggest challenges that you faced? I think being away from kind of my security net um, with family and friends and just, you know, all of the common places of my hometown, mm-hmm. having to get out of that and really, it felt like start from scratch and just, I mean, there was so much faith. I feel like, like I had to have faith <laughs> and really rely on yeah. God in that season of moving down here. And that was probably the greatest thing. And I think that really grew me a lot and stretched me a lot. It was very uncomfortable financially and it was uncomfortable uh, relationally finding friends and getting plugged in. And it really taught me just to, and pushed me to just trust in God and be patient with him and know that he'll provide. And he really did. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really encouraging. 
and I'm glad that he's he's been able to work in your life and you know provide for you there in in Waco and that's that's just awesome. Yeah, it's been really special. That's good. And now, has there been anything else on your heart that you've been uh, been wanting to share on the podcast? You know, I think um, I'll just say real quickly that even if you feel unequipped or maybe you know that you're not walking totally in the direction you should be or with God, that you should still be encouraged to take strides toward God and just step out in faith and and do things, you know, even if it looks a little bit messy, but just to be like confident and encouraged to take steps toward him and that you don't have to be like all put together and you don't have to, you know, have your life perfectly squared up and, mm-hmm. you know, serving in the church and, oh, I do this and that, and I'm, I've got everything figured out and I do a devotional every day and I feel perfect. And it's like, now I can go to God and be used by him. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that's actually not true. I think if, you know, when you have a desire in your heart toward God and he just, he will use you. He'll absolutely use you. And mm-hmm. I just think that's probably, that's a huge thing because I didn't think I could be used when I was in the midst of all that mess and really not walking with the Lord and, and even mm-hmm. serving at Young Life and serving at my church. I just felt like, who am I? I'm a mess. And I was just in a poopy relationship and somehow God still allowed conversations and just crazy moments and, you know, met us and met these youth kids. And I was blown away. I mean, it just is, it's a testimony to how merciful God is and how good he is. And it's encouraging to think, okay, goodness. Yeah. (laughs) He, he's good. And he cares about you even with all your mess and baggage. So. Oh, that's awesome. And what do you think was the most rewarding thing about uh, being a leader in, in young life? That's a good question. I think, I think high school is just, I led high school students and honestly, high school and middle school, it's just confusing. And I think that unfortunately the intake that young kids have nowadays is just horrible. Yeah. (laughs) I think that social media is horrible. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of movies are horrible and unrealistic and, there's just so much comparison and I just think there's a huge generation where people don't feel like they're enough and they, you know, think that they have to, they're lacking so many things, you know, and that they need all of these really silly worldly things to be able to be satisfied and happy. So I think just being able to meet these kids and I mean, if you're in young, if like, you know, about young life, it's, it's not kids that go to church, you know? Yeah. And so I think being able to step into that world, not trying to drag them up to my, you know, to the church, (laughs) whatever, Uh like, you know, no, but just stepping into their world and being able to love them for who they are and encourage them and listen to them and not judge them and just let them know that there is a Lord that, cares so deeply for them. There's a father that created them and is there for them and will never leave them. And you know, that Jesus died for them Yeah, because he cares so much about them. And, you know, I think teaching them true love, not worldly love. That was probably the most satisfying thing was just the opportunity to share that. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And I can definitely relate like how special it is to 
to be able to invest that time into into kids and just let them know how loved they truly are. And uh, now, do you have a favorite verse or a verse that has been on your heart lately? Yeah, I had a. Could I share two? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, there's one that my church was just going through over the summer and I thought this was really encouraging, but it's in Ecclesiastes. Um, it's three eleven through 13, I believe. And it's, yeah, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded that there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their label labor for these are gifts from God. I think talking about just enjoying who you are and where you are, not trying to strive and be 10 steps ahead of the game all the time, but just like Mm -hmm. taking a moment and just seeing where God has you and just enjoying that. Um, yeah, I think that's so important. And then this one is Psalms eighty four eleven. It's for the Lord God is our sun and shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. And that's a super encouraging verse to me. Just thinking about if I feel like I'm lacking something, um, if you know my desire for a bigger, I don't know. I guess you could say a bigger old job you know, or even marriage. And I start to kind of get fixated on those things. I can say, hold up, you know, like the Lord says he withholds no good thing from those who do what is right, you know? Yeah. And I really do believe that. I really believe that God's not going to withhold good things from his kids. And if it's just not my time right now to be in a relationship or not my time right now to have a different job or, you know, X, Y, Z, that's okay. Like, that's good. I have, I have what Mm -hmm. I need. I can be confident that God gives me what I need for the season that I'm in. Yeah. So that one's super encouraging to me. All right. Awesome. And how can we be praying for you? Oh man, I would say probably just with work and just being willing to go where God leads me, even if it's not where I think it is having an open mindset there And then also looking for opportunities just to, you know, serve the community and be able to give more time to others and different projects that are going on. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Definitely. We'll be praying for you. And and where can people find you on social media? Oh, my goodness. I do have an Instagram and it's Lane Bowser. (laughs) All right. Lane Bowser. All right. Awesome. (laughs) So, Lane, yeah, thanks so much for joining me for this episode. Just been a blast uh, hanging out with you, talking a little bit. And I think it's really great what God's been teaching you in your life. And and I pray that you can continue to be encouraged and encourage others in the midst of that. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a ton of fun being able to talk about things and kind of, I feel like word vomit a little bit. But yeah, this (laughs) is so fun. Yeah, I really love this podcast, love what you're doing. And I do believe God's using it in a lot of great ways. It's impacted me. So I'm excited to see who else God's going to bring your way. All right, Lane, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. So everybody, I really appreciate you joining us for this episode. So uh, keep your eye out. I will be having some episodes coming up featuring my one and only wife, Larissa. She will be sharing her side of our story 
from my story part one and my story part two. So she's going to pick that apart. It's going to be a blast. So keep an eye out for that. That'll be coming up in the next few weeks. And additionally, uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share, uh, tag us, let us know you're sharing us. And uh, if you have a friend you think could benefit from this episode or from this podcast, make sure you share it with them. And, you know, if there's anything we can do for you, feel free to reach out. But in the meantime, make sure you get out there and seize the day, maximize every chapter in your life. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.